0: Uh, All right, before we start the show, I just want to take a moment to thank all the new patrons that we got this week. Uh, And if you can, please take a minute just to check out our revamped patron page. It costs £3 a month to join. It's literally 10p a day. And what you're going to get is you're going to get a bonus episode every week where you'll get a chance to ask the guests your own questions. Uh, There's a lot of fun. You're also going to get access to our exclusive Storytime episodes with Jonas Lorenson. If you haven't checked those out, Definitely do. They're a lot of fun. And you also get a full back catalog on Patreon that you can access as soon as you sign up. Uh, there's a lot There's a lot of awesome people on our Discord server. We've got a little community over there. And you also get exclusive discounts of NMP merch and Horns of Odin merch. Uh, you can cancel at any time. And you'll also get access for the rest of the month. And I know I talk about Patreon a lot but it's literally the way that we keep the lights on. It pays for all the work behind the scenes. We've got, you know, we've got editing, we've got artwork, we've got someone who looks after the social media, Bob who books the guests, you know, all these people to look after. And that's where the patron money goes. So if you can, please just take a minute to pop over to patreon.com forward slash Naughty Mythology Podcast. And yeah, just have a look, see if there's anything that takes your fancy. Like I say, it's £3 a month. is like buying me a cup of coffee um and on top of that if you enjoy the show please leave us a five-star rating and a positive review wherever you get your podcasts again that helps us get discovered in new charts helps people find the podcast it really does help boost the show right now it sounds like a trivial thing just leaving a, a five-star rating it takes 30 seconds for you to do but it really does help us just keep growing and keep just turning up on new charts for people to discover and then we've got a YouTube channel where if you go on there, you hit the just hit the subscribe button and the bell icon, and you're going to get notified every time we drop any new content. And obviously you can just follow us on all the social media platforms, just at Nordy Pathology Podcast. And yeah, I think that's it. So we can, we can jump into the show. So my usual... Opener is Welcome to the Nordic with Audio podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the Company Horns of Odin. And today I am joined by Nathan Zilka and Anne Rhodes of the Cascadian Midsummer Festival. Did I get that right? Oh, yes. You got it right. I got it right. You did great. What an intro. What an intro. Because what happened is I always forget to put the the little reads for Patreon and everything like that right until the end, and then I know everybody turns off. I I'm not stupid. I know that as soon as everybody hears us rounding up, they just stop the episode. <laughs> I need to I need to get better at putting it at the start or like in the middle somewhere and just kind of plug it because I know people turn off. Um. Okay. Anne, you were nominated to go first. Nathan kindly. Pass the ban over to you, then you can tell us a little bit about the festival and get us rolling. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so uh, Cascadian Midsummer is a summer solstice festival happening in rural Washington, kind of uh, halfway between Seattle and Portland. Um, and it's uh, on the Red Hawk Avalon property. It's been held there for, I think, almost a decade. Nathan? I think
2: that's 2014 the was the uh, first year.
1: Yeah. And, um, it's existed in some form. Uh, it's had different names used to be thirst for light and Litha Cascadia. And this year we have Cascadian Midsummer as the name. Uh, and so it is, uh, run all by volunteers. Uh, we have a collective of eight people called the Red Hawk festival collective. Uh, and this is our first year, uh, in charge of running the festival. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's like a metal folk festival, kind of a blend Mm -hmm. of the two. Um, and we have um, like speakers and workshops, and we do rituals every evening during the fire lighting ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great community of folks. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been growing slowly, but now we're yeah. we're looking at really expanding this year. We've got a lot more interest, and we're we're pretty excited mm-hmm. about it.
0: Um, yeah. I I saw the um, people everyone who listens to this will know that Teia Snodvig is going to be doing a. A speech there, am I right? Or doing a talk? Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, good. he is. Yeah, he's speaking and uh I believe he'll be there uh vending.
0: Oh well. so, how exciting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wonderful. No, obviously I th- anybody that listens to this knows Mateus and knows obviously he's how good he is at everything he does. So that's always gonna be fun and, and get people to uh to come and check that out. So where should we start? Because I know you you said you have a lot of things to say about the ground itself, where it is. Mm -hmm. And then we can obviously talk about the festival and what you do. And we're going to, as we go on, we're going to try and look at how people and how, I guess, not just people, but companies apply Nordic mythology, the Viking age in modern day, because it can be applied in all different ways. And it is something that we see. It feels like at the minute, every other company you see is, viking something like <laughs> i've seen like viking plumbers viking okay I, 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 like this food that's just viking like it seems there's uh a, there's a lot of things out there i don't know if you if you get that over in the usa as well as well
2: it's it's quite a popular branding uh right mm-hmm. now absolutely
0: yeah. yeah for sure okay so where where should we start what do you want to maybe should we start with the grounds because I know yeah. like, the, yeah. the Nathan, you seem quite excited to tell me about that.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I think that the Red Hawk Avalon, the the name of the piece of land that this is on, it's uh, out on in the backside of the Coastal Range in Washington, um, and it's just a really special piece of land. Um, the The festival, all the stages are in the woods. Um, So you're listening to metal under these ancient cedars dripping with moss, Um, you know, late at night, uh, there's a river running by, you know, it's, it's a, an event and a space, unlike anything else I've ever experienced. And uh, it's just a really magical place. And I think the thing, this festival again has had different incarnations. This is our, our third incarnation. And, it really is about coming to that land and celebrating at midsummer. Um, and there's a whole community of people who've been doing that for again since 2014. Um, and it's just a magical place.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. It sums it, sounds, uh, I guess. Especially with festivals when it, when it's around, kind of anything heathen pre so pre-Christian. The the location does mean a lot. It has. Uh, Obviously mid, mid-gas plot is the the kind of one that everyone looks at. Um and that they're obviously situated on a on a, a burial ground, obviously like a Viking burial ground, it's very atmospheric. You kind of feel that whether it's placebo or not, whether you knowing where you are kind of adds to it, or you there is a genuine connection that comes through. But it's certainly there, you feel it. And I guess surrounded by these ancient cedars, you're gonna get that similar sort of feeling
2: absolutely you know the i mean there is this the, the history of this land is uh you know has a lot of tragedy involved unfortunately the mm-hmm. um the first peoples uh who lived there were the willapa people and it's also known as the willapa hills i believe and they're all gone that tribe no longer exists mm-hmm. they were uh decimated by disease and um, the land actually had a town on it for a while um, with a large Japanese uh, community involved. And that also passed away. You know, that town got wiped out. And now it's just the the farm and well, yeah. or the yeah. And it's it it carries a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy there that you pick mm-hmm. up on. And it really adds to the festival in my experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, that's a topic we can tangent off to on itself, is this idea of of places having energy. Because I've often wondered and I touched we touched on it a couple of weeks ago with Claire Moulet when we were looking at um well, more like ghost stories, but then I can't remember if it was in the Q and A after or if it was in the main show where we'd look, kind of talk about this idea of places having a feeling, a there's something to them. And again, like I just said, with with Walk a couple minutes ago, like whether it's knowing where you're going gives you that feeling or the place itself has energy, it's it's a, it's an interesting topic. And obviously, if you're doing rituals there as well, it. It's
2: all going to accumulate. You know, I I think that, yeah, you can. I don't think that you need to ascribe it to a a spiritual significance. Personally, I do. Um, I have that experience, but I think that there's just an experience of being in nature and in different places in nature, having a different experience and, sometimes that there's just something you know whether it's the pheromones from the moss and the trees and everything else or whether it's the connection to the ancestors you know i -hmm. think that's up to each individual to come up with what they want to express that as but it is there is something there however you want to experience Mm it
0: yeah perfect so I guess, my first main question is, with it being native ground, um, and I assume, or or, or traditionally, native ground, um, and I assume that a lot of the the people that go in there are a heathen, whether it's Norse, kind of North Pagan or whatever, whatever flavor. Then I assume most people are, are heathen. Do you? How do you kind of? Cause I assume that you very much want to pay respect to the native land. And do you, do you take time to do that in the rituals? Cause I imagine that most of the rituals might be more Nordic or other themed. So how does that work? Anne, I don't know if you want to take that yeah. one.
1: So um, we're working with um, right now, we're working with the local tribe that still, you know, is existing in the area Um And we're uh, asking them to do like a land blessing and be part of our opening ceremony for the festival. Mm -hmm. Um, That's incredibly important to us. Um, And then from there, we can have different kinds of rituals throughout the other nights. Um, I think we've got um, Alana is doing one on uh, the Velaspa. And so she'll be reciting that. Uh, Nathan can tell you uh, more about her performance. Um, and then we've got, um, our closing performance will be, uh, a group called council of the gallows and they're doing a piece on Fenris. And so, um, and they vary every year. Um, and they're not always, um, heathen or like Nordic pagan or what, you know, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. um, for that, they, they can vary. Um, the entire community is made up of, um, people that are spiritual in all aspects. Um, And and a lot of like atheists and things like that, and they still come, and it's just a big celebration, and it's really like honoring the land and the and midsummer and the bonfire, which is always enormous. (laughs) Um, And so that's really. (laughs) These festivals
0: always have to have a giant bonfire. There has to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we're even making it bigger this year. So, Um, uh, but yeah, so it 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 can vary year to year, uh, and everyone is you know we're a we're a community of makers and. Um, mm-hmm. people that just come every year to celebrate, so
0: yeah, and just hang out and have a good time, I guess. so mm-hmm. it seems that this the this year seems to be maybe more Nordic mythology themed with the Voluspa and like Fenris. but you said that maybe that's not it's not always like that it can be other things and it's just, just this year tends to seems to be more down that that route
1: yeah yeah um Nathan has done a ritual for us as well um one year and that that was more heathen um but I believe we've had like a, a performance on like Hikate and you know other sort of uh pagan gods and goddesses and mm-hmm. um yeah we've had musical performances as rituals as well um mm-hmm. so it yeah really
0: varies good yeah it feel always feels like these. Yeah, heathen, heathen festivals are always more inclusive than any other because you get people from all walks of life, and it can be they can be like I said, atheists, agnostics. They can be Wiccan, Norse pagan. They can you know be anything, you know, Muslim, Jewish. Everyone can come there and have a good time together. But I just feel like that wouldn't happen at like a Christian festival. It would be very focused heavily on. Okay, come and have a good time. Sure, yes, you're welcome. But by the way, have you heard about our Lord Jesus Christ, Savior? It's still there, right. Our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Whatever the words are. But if you're like that, it, it's very preacher in that sense. Whereas festivals like this, it's just fuck it. Come, everyone, have a good time. Whatever, whatever you like, whatever you're into, it doesn't matter. We, you kind of leave your egos at the door. Let's all have have fun. Um, everyone's welcome. Everyone's included. And then, but like you so say, you get like these aspects where you're doing, um, you know, the reading of the voice, but, but everybody will respectfully listen, regardless of what their personal belief is. Oh. It feels like it's not always. I, I, do you ever have? Have you ever had any issues on that topic of like inclusivity or any because obviously you always do get the white supremacists in this world. Do you ever get that when it comes to the festival, Have you ever had issues?
2: I mean, we're, ex- you know, expressly not, we're expressly inclusive and we are mm. going, if anybody is showing up with espousing or doing anything, white supremacist, they're going to be asked to leave. Um, mm-hmm. This is, this is an inclusive festival. It's, you know I, there's plenty of people on the committee who would not say that this is a nordic fest you know a nordic pagan festival it just happens that like more than half of the committee happens to be nordic pagan so we're going to have that that's yeah. going to be part of of what we do um but we want everybody there comfortable we want everybody involved and we don't well except we don't actually want everybody because if you're a white supremacist if you're into you know that stuff we're not interested we want people to be comfortable and those you know that's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable
0: yeah the right kind of people though <laughs> because <laughs> exactly but we can we can talk about that a little bit later After you know when it comes to applying this stuff into every day and into the you know into the modern world because Unfortunately, there is a a decent sized group of people that that attach themselves to this, and it does. It's not exclusively in America, but it, there is a a big chunk of people over there. I certainly seem to see a lot of publicized media from kind of over that side of the of the pond, as we say in in England. I don't know why we say that. Do you guys do you guys say that the same about us? Or is that just a we're, British thing?
2: We say it. I've heard. You know, I hear the expression all the time, but it's always. It seems directional. It's you coming. It's this you coming from your side to our side. I don't hear it coming the other way. But
0: mm-hmm. no, yeah, it's, we're well, it's just a small little island that way. Fuck it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's always a phrase. I wonder where it came from. Like across the pond. It's a big fucking bond <laughs> <laughs> it is uh it's a big a big one okay so i'm just looking at your your list that you gave me of things that we uh we should touch on so i guess other than the so do you get to do you get to camp around the cedars how does is it a camping festival how does that work? yes because and love to you to take this one the
1: yeah, um if you're okay with that I can go over a quick like what a day will look like for everyone. Sure, everybody. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so uh you do camp, you can camp in the forest um or you can camp in we have like a uh there's a large field. Um and then you can also camp in your car in the parking lot or a lot of people bring in campers or things like that. Um the camping in the forest is limited so generally it gets um scooped up pretty quickly um and that's just because we have a bunch of trees everywhere and there's only so many places mm-hmm. you can put a tent um and um, we want we won't yeah
0: the seed is a big i yeah, don't know Cedars are big. <laughs> how many people have ever had the chance to see a, a royal cedar uh but they are an ancient royal cedar ancient cedar like they're fucking big things
1: yeah yeah and um, in ferns, we have a lot of ferns, mm-hmm. which are almost as tall as I am sometimes in the forest, and I'm a little over five foot, so they're yeah. they're up there. Um, yeah. and you know, they're in the way of your tent and um so there's a certain spaces in the forest you can camp. Um, a lot of people camp out in the field in groups., uh, so you'll come on Friday, uh, hopefully in the morning in the afternoon, and you'll set up your tent. Uh, and your, your sort of like kitchen area. Um, You need to bring in, you know, your own water and your own food um, so you can cook. Uh, And uh, from there, we have like speakers and workshops during the day. Um, And anywhere from, I think we're starting some at like 9am on Saturday until 3 or so. Um, And then we'll have bands that start um, where we've got more acoustic bands. Uh, in the early evening before the ritual and dinner and then um after a couple of those bands then you have dinner hour which is uh just a time where nothing's going on except dinner and so you can go back to your camp and you can cook with your friends and it's a socializing time and um no one's trying to hurry through something you can actually like cook a big meal for people and it's it's nice um and then after that we
0: that's a great idea because <laughs> not many festivals think of that, and you you know you get to you know when the when the show starts maybe one one p.m. and then it's constant all the way through mm-hmm. till eleven p.m. twelve you know midnight, and there isn't really that time dedicated to look just go and eat, go and look, make sure you get things because obviously there's alcohol being drunk, there's mm-hmm. probably other substances floating about whether whether they're meant to be there or not. They always are. Uh, and people, you know, need that time to just go go away and go and eat something and look after yourself. <laughs> and and just because so many people don't, but don't drink enough water, don't eat enough food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it's and it's so important to have like a little bit of a break, too, because um, there are two stages in the woods and there is nowhere on the property that you can really escape. The music. And so just having like a decompression time of like, okay, it's quiet. I can eat some food. And then we get back to it. Um, Mm -hmm. and after the dinner hour is, um, our fire lighting ceremony and ritual that we do for, um, that's an hour slot. And then you get straight into, um, more of like the metal bands for the rest Mm -hmm. of the evening. And that goes until midnight. Uh, and then after midnight, it's just go hang out around the fire and socialize until you're ready to go to bed and you know the biggest joke we get uh or comment i guess we get is that since there's no cell service out there people walk away from the festival and they go i didn't get any photos Mm -hmm. because they left their phone in the tent or in the car because they don't need it um and they were just living in the moment. Um, it also makes it difficult when you know folks are like, "Did, did anyone get any photos of me at the festival?"
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. No. We've, I we've mean, all just been, yeah. that could be that could be good sometimes. I know. You know, <laughs> yeah. when I've had a, when i a little little bit to drink, I'm glad that people haven't got their phones <laughs> around. Um yeah. That's but... is is that intentional that there's no phone signal, or is that just how it is?
1: Just how it is. Um, and, and because of that, um, for vendors, there will be quite a number of vendors um, at the event. You have to bring cash um, because they can't use any sort of like card readers, uh, reading devices because they have no service. So that is, that is a warning. We have to make sure we we tell everybody, please, please bring cash. There will be wow. so many things you want to buy.
0: <laughs> and how many people don't bring cash? It must, <laughs> every year it still must happen.
2: There's, there's a town not too far away. So if they want to run in and use a ATM, they have that option. And I just want to just want to add in, like, we're actually for a variety of reasons, most of them legal. We are not, we are not serving alcohol this year or food. um, So we are encouraged. Everybody is encouraged to bring their own. This is you, you don't have to pay for overpriced booze. um, You Bring your okay. own. Have as good of a time as you like, and
0: uh, I just sat up in my just... seat a second there. I was like, "What? <laughs> what's, what's this madness?" Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it definitely helps people out from buying. It's obviously festivals are always super expensive, but it's it's there's usually a reason behind it. You know, you guys can attest festivals aren't cheap to put on. No. No. But. Okay, the, the the no signal thing mm-hmm. fascinates me. That's, I think, <laughs> even, even if it's unintentional, I think it's brilliant because we're, I, I'm probably one of the worst for it. I've got my head in my phone all the time. I'm the asshole. And I don't mean for it to be me, but I'm always that asshole who's at like the counter and I'm looking at my phone and the person at the counter is like, do you want, would you like, like chips with that? Or would you like, because obviously I'm British, we have chips and everything. But would you like, I don't know, would you like a bag or whatever. And I'm like, eh, Pardon, excuse me, say that again. And I'm just, and I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just that, obviously, with running a business, sometimes the only time I get to do things other than because I'm spending my day carving, I'm like, oh, I need to like look on Instagram, I need to do this. And it's so fast paced that I'm just, I'm just that asshole. And then I catch myself and I'm like, I am i say, I did it today in Morrison's. I, the lady asked me and I was like looking at my phone and I had to ask you to repeat yourself. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like it's so rude for me to just be here on my phone. But we do it. And I was driving the other day and I've made a conscious effort to like look at how many people had were walking down the road on the phone. And as I was doing it, two people almost walked into each other because they were both looking at their phones and we just live in this, you know, Technological society and it's great, but it's also has just destroyed so much. So to go there and not have the options that you can, there's nothing you can do about it. You have to just be there in the moment. That must add to the experience.
1: It it really does. And the first day you have that sort of that I don't know habit we have of checking our phone all the time. So you'll grab it a few times to look. Mm Mm-hmm. at your notifications or something and then you're like oh yeah that's right and by the second day it sort of fades away and uh, yeah. but if you do like to take photos um at events everyone will thank you because that's always a requested mm-hmm. uh request made after the festival and we have a facebook group that you can join for photo sharing um after the event so it's always appreciated
0: this is where you say the facebook group oh awesome. yeah so um
1: <laughs> if you um look up Cascadian Midsummer, you'll find our public page and then you'll also find a group um so you just click that one to join uh everyone's invited we just keep it um private to prevent you know spam mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so.
0: oh and they still sneak past our, our group yeah. is they, they still sneak past Still get people from India trying to sell knives on there I'm like how did you get past our high level security? <laughs> uh, they do <laughs> they do. Um that, how long do you think it takes people to get out of the fear of missing cuz I get it you know if my phone dies I panic like I I'm overwhelmed with like anything it, it, it is bad it is the more I'm saying it out loud, I'm more kind of embarrassed of myself. Of like, you know, I get this fear for the first half an hour, maybe, of like, oh my god, everything in the world that could possibly go wrong is going wrong right now, and everybody's trying to get hold of me. Everybody's missing me, and I turn my phone on, and no one gives a fuck about me. But that's what I'm thinking in the moment, and I guess that must be the same way. Like, you can't, you can't do anything.
2: I mean, I think that's one of the beauties of this is it's an immersive event. Um, You know, I definitely find that like my phone won't even be on me, but I'll feel it ring on my leg or something, right? Like, and I'll reach for it. And I'm like, I don't even have it. And, but I still like, "Eh, is it there? Um, Yeah, it's like phantom pain. Exactly. But you get into this place of just being where you are in this place. And that's one of the things it contributes to like it, you know, getting back to the energy of it. It just, it has an energy that of being there that mm-hmm. allows you to be present.
0: Yeah. Which, yeah. Which we overlook daily, I think. And, oh, yeah. and you know, we, even though it's, it's tough because obviously like and you have a very fascinating um instagram profile and obviously it's very kind of out in nature and, and beautiful and secluded but like it's always like behind the camera there's always like tons of shit going on so it's whilst it looks very secluded it's still not and we still but you still have to kind of you have to play the game for for Instagram social media you have to play play this game so even like all these shots of like oh look at me I'm in nature it's not always quite that simple and I'm not by marriage, I'm not knocking you it's the same for everybody I do it like I'm clearly it's, it's like I'll take Rocco for a walk and we're on top of a mountain and I'm like look at me I'm out in nature and it's like yeah but I'm taking the pictures for everybody to see on on this little thing that I have to carry with me everywhere
1: um. yeah it is it's a weird feeling sometimes like uh Posting um, hiking videos and just nature shots on social media, and sort of, it, it's wonderful to share it. Um, but it does, yeah, it does feel a little strange sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. if, but when you've got two dogs, you gotta you gotta go out in nature on a regular basis, or else they're not happy, oh, yeah. and we're not yeah.
0: happy. So <laughs> no, and you've got to have uh, at least fifty percent of your camera reel has to be pictures of the dogs doing silly things.
1: Probably more. I've got a five-month oh, old yeah. Laskin Malamute right now, so it's just mostly puppy
0: mm, oh, photos yeah. and
1: videos.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I can attest to that. Oh Rocco has his own Instagram. So that's it's Mr. Rocco if everybody wants to follow, by the way. <laughs> See, I've been doing it longer now and I can just plug stuff <laughs> randomly. <laughs> uh no, he's a little he's a little feature he jumps on my knee quite often and uh People seem to fall in love with them. Okay, so we you also have workshops So you got workshops there. Um, what kind of workshops? Because uh, Nathan, you're a
2: blacksmith. I am a blacksmith. Um, I uh, ritually hand forge jewelry. Is mostly and so I'm a jeweler and a blacksmith, and mostly what Go I on. forge is jewelry. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not doing since since I'm running the festival, I'm we're going to have a, a booth for the committee members. So I'll be selling some of my wares, but this is, that's, uh, one of the main ways I've connected with the festival in the past. Um, but I won't be vending, won't be my main focus this year because it'll be just making sure everything's running smoothly. But, um, we got a, a native plant workshop, a plant walk workshop, and we're going to have, there's a, TV show called Alone. And uh we have a guy from one of the seasons who came in second place, Biko, who's gonna be doing some fire making uh workshops and he's gonna have a booth and for people to come by and talk to him and stuff like that.
0: Oh wow. Sounds like a lot a lot of things that people are gonna learn because we've I feel like we've lost that ability to um to, to know what's what. He, you could put me in the woods and I wouldn't have a clue what berries I could or couldn't eat. And I'm going to sound like an asshole and name drop now. But like when I was out walking with Ina, Ina Selvik in, in Norway, we went for a walk, me, me, Ina and Alyssa. And he was just like picking these little berries up and eating them. And I'm like, Man, I'll, I, I would dare do that because... Uh, that, it's not setting out good for me but I, if I did that I just, it's not ending well I'm gonna be on the toilet for the next week
2: we uh you know one of the communities that actually the community that I came through into this festival was the ancestral skills community so there is um a lot of folks who are associated with the festival who practice ancestral skills um from flint napping and you know, uh, hide tanning and all of the, the survival skills, the bushcraft skills. Um, that's definitely one of the Venn diagram circles of community. Those folks yeah. are in there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I have to ask you about because you, is it ritually handcrafted? Yes. So, um, I have to ask you about the, the ritual pie, what <laughs> intrigues me. I have to, you know, bring that up.
2: So, you know, I think that there is, you know, when it comes to Nordic paganism, my reading and my understanding, there's, there's what we know, and then there's this vast amount we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. That there just isn't stuff. So, um, what I do, I would fall under like, Unverified personal gnosis. it's it's my interpretation of things based on what's written, but also a lot of what's not. So, um, as an example, so tomorrow, no, excuse me, uh, Thursday, um, I've got an altar to Thor in my shop. So mm. when I forge my meal I make offerings to Thor, and then before I forge, and then as I'm forging, uh, you know, there's a lot of different magical traditions where singing is involved. So, my take on Galder is, is that when the steel is past non magnetic heat wise, so you've heated it up uh, to the point where the crystals in the steel have gone into solution, that's when I feel it might be receptive because uh, steel's a pretty non-receptive subject substance. So as I'm uh, forging at that point, I sing, I rune chant and sing into the work, uh, a request for, you know, and I also uh, make offerings to uh, E3 and broker uh, as well as Thor. Um, and so I forge into the work, a request for the blessing of the hammer, that it be connected to the original Milnir. I sing runes into it. And sing runes, I sing runes of protection into everything just because mm-hmm. like you just sprinkle that stuff, protection on everything, you know doesn't <laughs> hurt, and um so I mean it's it's a it's a spiritual practice for me to do this.
0: Uh-huh. I love that, yeah, I love that you've got that deeper connection to it, and it's I don't know I think whether. Whether people believe have the same beliefs as you, or you know, whether they're they're atheist or whatever, I think just the 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 love that you put into it, and the understanding, and the passion that goes into it that that goes through it, it it transcends all kind of religious beliefs. In in my opinion, anyway, I think it. It really does just kind of bring a different life to work. And you, I was looking at your Instagram earlier. You make some beautiful things. You take some good Thank photos. You. I might, I might <laughs> steal some of those little ideas there. For uh...
2: <laughs> I, I have to give, I have to give photo credit to my partner Ilana. She is the photographer on everything. She does all of that work. Uh, um, I, she's I very am good not for that pictures. So we'll think, I will let her know. You think she takes great pictures. And uh I think she takes great pictures. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm going to plug my Instagram since we're here. Uh, do, yeah. Zilka Z I L K A underscore forge works. And it's W E R K S. Um, and you can go to the banner and go to my Etsy shop if you're interested, but um yeah, um, she takes beautiful photos and does a great job. And that's, a huge, huge help to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I can definitely feel your pain on that because you know I'll make, I'll make something and I, and I I'll, I'll be really proud because you know I, I can't, I'm I'm carving horns all day, but there'll be one that I'm like really proud. I feel like it's done really well, like the lines are all really neat. But then they go to Eddie who who will polish them and kind of finish them up and then. Beeswax, and I'm like, I want to get a picture of that. I want to get a picture of that. And then before I know it, I've forgotten because I've got something else to do. And then it's sent out to the customer, and I just so I have all these lovely things that I make, and I just forget to to follow them or to film them. And it's it's quite it's quite sad. I mean, obviously they're going on to, to the, the final owner who's going to love and cherish them. But sometimes they, they, you know, you know as well as I do, that like you do have a connection to everything you make. It doesn't matter whether you make one million or you make 5,000 million. millionaires. By the, by the time you're finished, you know, you will have probably made into the thousands. But everyone has a meaning to you because you've put, you know, your sweat and hard work into it and you've crafted it from nothing. And it has, a, it does have a personal meaning to you. They genuinely
2: do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, I think that, you know, as, the fellow craftsmen, you know, this you're making something for a person to have an experience with for as long as they have that item and hopefully the rest of their life, right? Like, you know, a lot of people are going to wear this jewelry, have that. I mean, they're going to drink from that horn. This is their experience and you want, you're putting yourself into this and, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, my process is to to make this as literally magical as possible. Right. I want to make magic items. I want to put myself and as much energy and magic into this as I can, whatever they believe, whatever they you know, there are people who, you know, they just it looks pretty. That's fine. That's great. If that mm-hmm. is fine, but you know, there's plenty of other people who don't know the process and don't know the story, but they'll pick something up. And I bet this happens with your horns. They'll pick it up and they will feel something, right? Mm-hmm. They'll they'll pick up the thing and they'll like, whoa, okay, like there's something here. And um mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh absolutely. We do we
0: trade at quite a few um Comic Cons and you get people from all walks of life there you know people who have no interest in this stuff but they'll just because it's something you don't see very often they come over and have a look and then they'll pick up like a horn mug and then they'll just be there spinning it in the hand and they'll be feeling it and they'll be like this just feels feels good and I was like yeah because it, you can just feel the I guess you could feel like the craftsmanship the the, the quality of them but also like it's just something natural you know, how many of us hold, you know, I've got a fucking plastic beaker here that I've got my water in that's also my protein shaker. But like so many of us just drink out of like these things that aren't natural. So when you do have something that is very, very rock, it's kind of this, it's a horn. Yeah. You don't get much more natural than that.
2: Well, and, and it's, it is, you know, I think that there is a real difference in things that are made by hand, you know, and even if we're using, even if we're using electric tools or something like that um, to carve or whatever, it still are it's still being done by a person and it's got all the little special things that happen when you do something by hand that gives it energy and gives it life and gives it uniqueness and uh, mm-hmm. and those things matter
0: mm-hmm. Oh, you do always. You know, you just made me think. Like, you do always get that asshole. It's like, yeah, but you're using an electric carver, or I guess with you, like it's you maybe using like a power hammer, like like hydraulic press or something. It's like, yeah, but you using it's like fuck off. (laughs) It's still by hand. Like, it's what do you want? You just do you think that you know somebody in the Viking age a thousand years ago, if you gave them the option of having
2: these modern tools, of course they would use them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and they did, I mean, you, you'll see these old water power hammers, right. Um, That are, you know, water mills and they're just this massive log with a little piece of metal on it. You know Um, you can find these things online and they're, I don't know, you know, they're not, they're not Viking age. They're a little older than that, but uh, um, tools that you use in the, I mean, I am hand hammering with a hammer. I got a three pound hammer that I am forging everything with. And, but I do also have a press to your point. And there are mm-hmm. things that I need to, you know, use the press for to keep things moving along. I'm still putting myself into all this stuff. I'm still chanting into this stuff. I'm singing into this stuff. And I do think that as crafts people, yeah, um, we get to use modern tools and it's still handmade.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you have to find that balance um, of price point as well. At the end of the day, we make these because we have to sell them, and it's like, exactly. okay, you, I'll make it by hand. I'll, you know, I'll scratch all the carvings in. But are you going to pay the money for it? Because it's going to take me at least ten times longer. So you're going to exactly. pay ten times the price. And then the answer is no. I'm not paying for that. No, no,
2: no. No.
0: <laughs> no. Use use the Dremel. It's a good idea. A good tool.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I,
0: I I think this is a good little segue into discussing kind of how people interpret The pagus. is just not just because the festival isn't strictly uh, Norse pagan, I think it's we can apply it to kind of all mythology. but, I, but obviously I know more about <laughs> not Nord, like Nordic mythology, but just how applying this stuff into into modern modern day, into the modern era, because there are ways Um, you know, we can the the saga stories there the have a model. There's tons of things in there we can read and apply today. There's, you know, there's Ragnarok. There's, uh, but also you see companies adopting it left, as we said, at the, you know, earlier on the show, you get companies adopting it left, right and centre. But what well, I, I guess the the reason I would think is that it's when most people, because I always try to think in the eyes of like a lay person who's not kind of in this, like we are, that I would say, as soon as you say Viking, it's like a strong, it's a strong name. It's like, ooh, Viking, yeah. It's a sh- that's a fucking good sandwich. That's a Viking sandwich. Like that's, that's why I think they, that's why I think they use it. I don't know. What do you think, Anne? Yeah. Uh uh
1: I I guess we I we we use it like day to day. I I it's become so normal for me uh that I just don't even notice it half the time. Uh mm-hmm. I recently was going through a job hunt and uh that involved a lot of rituals uh to get the job that I wanted or at least to aid in that search and there's different, you know, gods that you call upon or goddesses, depending on what, what I was seeking for or what I was looking for. And, um, it just becomes so, I don't know, just part of my day I wake up and, and, you know, light the candles on my altar. Um, we have like our gods of the house, um, which is, uh, for us, it's Scotty and Tyr. Mm -hmm. And we just are always making offerings to them and asking them to aid us in day to day life um, in the ways that they see fit and sort of just leave that up to them. And when I was searching for a job, it was just, you know, calling upon um, uh, at the time, like Odin. Um, just as sort of this, like, I felt like I was just wandering around looking for something, not sure which Mm -hmm. direction I was going. And I just wanted some sort of companionship in that and guidance. And if I didn't get the job, then I don't know. I just sort of felt like that's what, what was supposed to happen and I'll find Mm -hmm. something better. Um, And so these things, even when you're hiking, you can constantly be in that mindset of um, what sort of like spirits or beings are out here while I'm hiking um, just noticing little things a lot more. Um, you notice the tree that's fallen and you can see its roots when you're, when you're in that mindset, you can Mm. appreciate that, um, and what it's doing and how it's decomposing in the forest and, you know, feeding life and you can find bones and, you know, dead animals or whatever you might find out on the trails and just appreciate this sort of circle of life that they're creating and you're able to witness. Um, and then, uh, it also creates such a companionship when you meet other folks that are sort of, um, pagan or pagan adjacent. And you just, there's this like trust and family feeling kindred feeling that comes about that. Um, and you can just be playing D and D together. And, uh, all of you are just, you know, nerds about, you know, mm-hmm. paganism. And so it makes a D and D party a little bit uh, more mm-hmm. fun. Um, but also you just trust each other and, uh, you can always like know that someone's going to be there to help you if need be. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah. One of us, one of <laughs> us, one of us. Not in the, you know, not in,
1: not in, in the cold way we were joking about that the other day. Um, no, or we're, we're, I wouldn't.
0: Yeah. But No, that is, it, it is, Um, I guess it's almost, uh, you almost get an us against them feeling with like, Certainly, online, I've noticed this with like pagan, Abrahamic faiths. It's almost like this. You did kind of seeps into it, It's like we all have to stick together, and it's it's like heathenism is growing. It's getting more and more popular. It really is kind of getting new life and just sort of co- coming back around. People are starting to, I think, partly maybe down to COVID as well. Like people are getting back into nature where they had time to actually go out and enjoy time with their friends, their family, although it was forced. They probably hated it to start with, but as it went on, they, you know, they were going out for walks because it was the only little bit of freedom you got out of your house and being and to them like, Oh, this is actually maybe where I'm meant to be. This is, this is quite, quite nice actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And I think even, yeah, no matter what your spirituality or religion is or, non-religion um I I think most people appreciate nature I think there's maybe a few folks out there that would prefer a concrete jungle but I think um a lot of people can at least appreciate Mm -hmm. um nature and what it has to offer and find um a lot of comfort in it um no matter what it means to you
0: yeah my best friends like that like, we all, we'll all go for a walk. And they'll be like, no, I don't, I don't do walking. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't do walking? It's like, you know, we're just not, just not outdoorsy people. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on, man. It's good. It's good. It's nice out there. It's really nice just come. And then when they do come, they really enjoy it. Have a blast. But next week, nah, we're not really outdoorsy. <laughs> but I don't know. People, different, it'd be boring if everyone was the same.
1: Yeah. The Pacific Northwest. Um, and, uh, Nathan can talk to this as well. Uh, last year, uh, was b- brutal a little at the festival. Uh, it was constant rain, uh, and cold in June. Uh, it's called January uh, here mm-hmm. and, uh, everyone was damp for almost yeah. the entire festival, but it-, it was still a great time. It made the bonfire even more important. And, um, so so out here it's incredible how many people you'll just see out hiking and it's downpouring and they just yeah. have rain gear on no umbrellas um and just going through it and appreciating it and um, but it also makes the sun out that much more important when it does come out yeah. and summer solstice is so important to us because you know it's a it's a it's a time where the rain kind of pulls back for a bit and we get to enjoy the warmth and the sun uh, but if you are intending on coming to the festival, please prepare for rain. <laughs> oh. It's 50-50. Sometimes we get really warm, sunny years. Sometimes we just get nonstop rain. Sometimes we get a mix.
0: So. <laughs> sounds like, yeah, sounds very British. Just <laughs> prepare for all weather. Every type of weather, just you need to be covered no matter what.
2: You, you would feel very at home, yeah.
0: Oh, I'm sure I would. I mean, I would love to come to the festival. So I'm going to have to look in, definitely look at that. So it genuinely, it really, really does fascinate me. The, this idea of, first of all, being away from my phone, I would love that. Mm. Not having to think about the business, not being able, because that's, that's the thing is not being able to. Nathan, like, you can attest for this. When you're, when you're a small business, you're always panicking about something. Whether it's, you're looking at the Instagram insights and like, why is Instagram not doing it good? Why have I lost two followers? Why is this happened? Or, you know, there's something going wrong, a bit of machinery breaks. There's always something. So to have that time where it's like, because that's the only time I'm ever really away from it is where it's forced away from me, where it's like, it's not my choice anymore. It's taken out of my hands. And I think that would be, really healthy for, for not just me, um for so many other people to have that that option just taken away and it's like just it's cause it is how how it used to be. Like it was only in my lifetime we've had this ultra connectivity to each other. You know, like in my in my when my mum was a kid, she wanted to get hold of my dad, like you gotta fucking do some ringing around. That you don't know, mm-hmm. you 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 really can't get hold of someone they turn up when they turn up. But Equally, you didn't panic. And I, going back to like the Viking age, you know, you get the people going raiding for three, four months. And there, you know, you can't ring them up and say, How's he going today? What are you doing? say so you they, they go and they come back when when they can. But people didn't panic the say it, whereas now, you know, if you can't if you can't ring your ring your wife or, or your partner, I don't know if either of you are married or not. But if you if you you, know, if you can't get hold of them for, for if you ring them and then you it's certain if you ring them again in an hour and you can't get hold of them you're like they're dead that's just that's that's automatically where you go to I do I'm like fuck the worst things happened it's it's all over and it's it's just this, this mentality that we've got of like if you can't just speak to someone like that
2: one of the things I would bring up in a personal just area of interest on mine is is that uh and i think that what you're talking to um the ability to be present and to be in nature whether you know whatever your experience or religious or non-religious views and that you know that connectivity what that connectivity drives in your brain you know uh i'm into neurobiology and like left brain right brain and uh the It keeps us locked in the symbolic part of our brain, as opposed to the real experience part of our brain, the part of our Mm -hmm. brain that allows what is called mindfulness now, or, you know, just being present in the moment. This all this connectivity, all this technology, all this stuff keeps us away from that. And this it's just a really nice experience, like you say, to be forced into a place where you reconnect to this being present part. And, you know, at least for these few days, you get to have that experience and remember, like, oh, yeah, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And to add to that, um, you know, I was joking with um, Nathan when we were talking about this festival and what it means, uh you know, it's sort of like the all thing in a lot of ways. Um, except instead of like, you know, doing making rules or or and laws and stuff like that, what we're doing is um, all coming together from all parts of the bioregion and sometimes even outside of the bioregion. Uh, once a year, sometimes twice, um, and just uh, having a good time. and most of these people you haven't seen in a year, and it's mm-hmm. like you just saw them yesterday, and yeah. you're, everyone's excited to see each other. You can trust everyone there. It's just like this this big family of people. um, and it's 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 truly truly something magical uh, and yeah the pandemic was brutal for the fest you know everyone in the community because this festival didn't happen for two years uh mm-hmm. and then it did. and it's just you know, seeing everybody's faces after two years it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. uh, how are you? I've missed you so much. uh, but at the same time, it's like I feel like I just saw you and mm-hmm. you feel close to people. it's it's truly wonderful
0: mm-hmm. yeah that, that that is did you get that with um with your with your close friends? You know, like my my core group of friends. Like I could, I could not speak to them for six months, and when the next time I talk to them, it's just it's just back to it. You're mm-hmm. you're back in the same place where you left, and that's when you know you've got like a a really good friend or a really good kind of friendship group. When that happens, so that's beautiful that you get that with with a festival on like a, a bigger scale, and it and it means you're doing it right. You're doing things right that you're getting that community there.
2: To bring up one of Anne's points, um, you know, I have every year I have vended there previously, you know, there's times that I'll just like, I'm like, okay, because you're vending all day for the whole festival, I'll just throw up a note on my table to be like, I'll be back in a couple of hours, right? I'm going to go listen to some bands and yeah. I just leave my table open, right? I leave all my stuff out. I just walk away and I have never had an issue not once. And I don't know anybody who has, you know, yeah. um, it's the ability to be in a community that you can feel that comfortable with is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Now the the challenge is keeping that community as the festival grows, because obviously as it grows, you then bring outsiders in who haven't had that experience for, for a decade of, of knowing each other. And then you bring outsiders in who want to, to find this experience, but you do occasionally get some raw eggs
2: yeah it's true and you know we're i think that just because of the size of the land we're always going to be we're never going to be a big festival we don't want to be a big festival we're gonna you know we're gonna have a a pretty limited number of tickets always and we want people to have an immersive experience we don't want to pack in like every last person we can um, and we also want to prioritize the folks who've been there before, yeah. so that we we maintain that experience.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that that's wonderful to hear because it's easy to get get caught up in how far can we go with this, how big can we go with this? Let's add add an extra day, add an extra band. Add oh, there's this little space over here where we can fit some more people in. It's easily done because again, like we said, you know, festivals aren't cheap. So you need that revenue of people paying customers to come and help put it all on.
1: Yeah. The, um, the cedars create a natural barrier around the stages, um, and the amount of people you can fit in front of the stage so that, you know, and we're not going to take down cedars. So they're going to no, stay, uh, um, yeah. we're, you know, and if we have to move a fern, then we, you know, dig it up and replant it, um, elsewhere. Uh and so keeping keeping the festival small uh or smaller than something like midgard's blot or fire in the mountains or something like that you know we we have to keep it small um but it's extremely intimate and everyone that has gone in the past is so welcome welcoming to new folks and it's such like you'll you'll come knowing nobody and you'll leave knowing everyone and feeling like you just made so many friends that you'll have for the rest of your life it's it's mm-hmm. a great experience.
0: No, it, it, it sounds it. It genuinely, it really does. It sounds like it's something, you've got your own little niche as well, or niche if you're American, which drives me mad. But it's not like you've got your own, you have got your own little thing that's just different to what these other people have. And you don't have to aspire to be the exact same as anyone else. You have your own thing of this just, you know, no one else is going to have the, the cedars, the the lack of phone signal, all these things that accumulate together to create this this wonderful experience. Absolutely. Perfect. Should we wrap this up? Let's do it. Should Um, we, do you want to, no, go on.
1: I'll mention real quick that our tickets go on sale um, on uh, this Saturday, the 11th um, at noon. So if you are considering going, uh, you know, hop onto our website and buy a ticket as soon as possible, uh just because mm-hmm. there is a limit, yes, noon Pacific time uh <laughs> I should clarify yeah. um noon Pacific time on Saturday, the eleventh uh it's a limited capacity, so the sooner you can buy a ticket, the better
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh yeah, and uh, we've got two more bands that we'll be announcing, one at the end of this month and then one in April, so there will be more bands than you see, but uh we just have to stay tuned for that. <laughs>
0: There you go. Where what website? Where do people buy them?
1: Um cmfest.org.
0: There you go. Yeah, go. I mean, if you're in the area, if you're not and you can travel, definitely go and check it out. I know I'm gonna have a look and see if I can come over. It's, it's yeah, it's it's genuinely treatment, and I, I mean that with all sincerity. Like I, I think it sounds like a wonderful little thing you've got. Um and it's just oh, Rocco's popping his head in for the for the last second. I'm gonna pull the. Dogs up are up
1: welcome,
0: there. so Rocco can come. Oh, Rocco, <laughs> you can come. I don't know how he travels, so he's yeah. <laughs> he's a little bit. He's got his white walker. He's got a white walker today. <laughs> <laughs> so he's we've been moving house, and he's quite stressed and upset. And 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 I crashed my car the other day, and he was in the back. So I think that's shaking him up a little bit. It wasn't anything too major, um, just a, a a little bit more than a bump. But I think it's it's all added to the stress, and he's just been upset for the last few days, and it breaks my heart. So he, he'd keep popping his head in, um, but yeah, if you if you can, definitely go and check out check out the festival. Uh, go experience it. It's it does sound like you've got your own little. Little thing is different oh, than, than everyone else. And you know what? I, I commend that you're brave enough to be like, yeah, you're not gonna get any signal. Bring cash, touch it. And you know, like, cause you will get guarantee you will get people who don't come because of that reason. That's there are some there are certain of people that just won't come because of that, or they'll come and then complain and be like, Why is there no signal? But it it is what it is, and it's that experience, and I do commend you for. But just been like, yeah, you're not going to get any signal. Oh, enjoy it. <laughs> it's a selling point rather than a
2: hindrance. Absolutely. I also think feel like it 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 selects the people we want to come.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. You're getting the people who are willing to step away for that time. So, um, exactly. And do you want to plug your own Instagram? Seeing as Nathan got to plug his. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm the Red Witch on uh, Instagram, so you uh, can give me a follow if you want and reach out to me. and can chat about, I don't know, D&D and Nordic mythology, whatever you want to talk about, hiking <laughs> in the Washington uh, puppies and raising a puppy, you know. So. Oh,
0: I, recent, <laughs> I recently got into D&D. So Sophie, who does who a little bit of artwork for the for the podcast, and has been a, a long time, a long time listener. She's become a friend at this point, and uh, she she put on a little D and D session for a group of us, and we we have a little campaign that we do, and I'd never played before. And I was like, "What's this?" And it's, it's all online. We meet up on Zoom and and we play, and it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, she does such a good job being the the dungeon master, and. Uh, yeah, it's. I have so much fun doing. It. I made a little, a little character. It's a little bugbear, like half man, half beast type creature that resembles me. Look like, because I'm, <laughs> I have no imagination. Just looks like me. But uh, yeah, it's really fun. And again, that's another one of those times where you get to set aside real life. I like try to put my phone down, and I'm like, let's just. Be fucking nerds. Let's just be nerds together and have fun and just enjoy it. You should. You should
1: live stream sometime.
0: Oh yeah,
2: game. Yeah. (laughs) I'm. I'm quite. D and D live stream is huge. Yeah. Oh.
0: I'm, the, I'm too quiet. I'm still learning it all like people are like, oh, I want to do a perception check. And I'm like, what the fuck's that? I don't get it. What do you mean you <laughs> want to do a, what? <laughs> but I'm getting there. I think you know, i have been doing it maybe four or five times now. Uh and I'm coming out of my shell a little bit and like because you do know, it's tough. <laughs> it's so it's just something like I'm this, you know, like I I I've been to, I go to the gym all, all, all my life, I've played rugby all my life, i I'm quite confident, but then when it comes to like playing D&D with a bunch of quote-unquote nerds, I'm like, I get super shy and I'm like, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to do this, what do I do? So it's quite interesting, I've, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it has been a lot of fun. So anybody who gets a chance to try D&D, try it. That's what I say. All right, let's, yeah, let's wrap this up. And then we're going to hang out for a little bit longer and let anybody listen and see if they want to ask any questions. And if they don't want to ask questions, we're just going to have a nice little chat, a little further chat, and we can kind of talk about anything we want. And it's a little bit, the, the Q&A after, after show ones a little bit more loose. We can just kind of talk about anything we want, go down any kind of rabbit holes off topic. Yeah, just have like a, a little hangout. And they're, they're available on Patreon. So if you can go and check them out and have a listen, you get, again, you get all the back catalog of every cute bonus Q&A episode on there. Um, yeah, you don't just get new ones. You get everything with every part. So there's a bunch of extra episodes you can listen to. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Like you said, the you sold, you know what, Nathan, I said to you before, come on and sell the festival to me. And I think you both did a very good job of that. I gen I genuinely I'm I'm genuinely sold on it, and I'm intrigued, and I I think you know there's there's wonderful things to be to be had for being being different.
1: Yeah, come on out, celebrate with us. I'm going to look. Those
0: flights, those flights are a killer.
2: Uh, Yeah,
0: that's that's the thing. It's just such a long way, but maybe. The patrons want to pay for me to go. <laughs> I'm joking. But, uh, but I'm joking in uh, in quotation marks. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's, let's go let's go let's go hang on and do a Q&A. Thank you thank you very much. Um yeah. speak to you soon.
2: Thanks so much.